This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the WOMED. Lauren Rush and Carissa Quedno are joining me today. They are two travel nurses who are about to be sisters-in-law. Sister-in-laws? I think it's sisters-in-law. I think that sounds right. Um, They are currently working side-by-side in New York City during the pandemic. I love this dynamic, and I can't wait to hear more about the relationship and experiences working in the thick of it in New York City. Let's get ready. Time for that nursey energy. This week's nursey energy moment comes from Et Clobird. Chloe writes in, Hi, Danielle. I have an NDE. I'm a registered respiratory therapist, but I love listening to your podcast. I've been a fan since you and Danny started. So I'm a PEDS NICU respiratory therapist, and I recently just finished my NICU transport team training and went on my first transport by myself. Thanks for inspiring nurses and all women in healthcare to go for their dreams and for creating a supportive community. Thank you, Chloe. That means so much. This was a huge leap of faith, and I'm so grateful to all of you that tune in to listen. I want to give an extra shout out to all the RRTs out there. We would not survive or have as much fun at work without you. I love RTs. First off, I just want to start with Midwest Represent. You guys might be the very first guests I've ever had on the pod that I've heard of. Um, well, I shouldn't say this too soon, but have you heard of Viterbo University? Yes. My cousin went to school there. He played baseball. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> I knew it. I knew y'all wouldn't let me down. Yes. That's where I went, I went to, to school. I went to Winona State. I know. I, I, I read that on your bio. I was like, there's no way she doesn't, <laughs> she has not heard of Viterbo University. I always remember that like from your podcast, like I'm like, oh my gosh, she's a Wisconsin. I'm from Iowa, but like very yeah. close to like what part of Wisconsin you're from. I'm from Dubuque, Iowa. So it's like, oh yeah. Half-ish hours away from like lacrosse area. So. Oh, for sure. Oh, that's so cool. Small world. Yeah. I know. I was very excited when I read, um, y'all's bios. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, we're going to be cool. We'll be real cool. (laughs) What are the odds? I know. No one's ever heard of a turbo. So I was like, these girls will. (laughs) I'm very happy. It's funny because this is is like more detail than we might need, but Lauren and my brother met at my cousin's wedding. um, And my cousin is the one that went to the turbo. So it's kind of funny. We're all very closely related to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Like go over like the, how we met, like at their wedding, like I was, um, or I'm best friends, like with his wife now. So like, we'd go over to, um, lacrosse to like Oktoberfest every year. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) People from Turbo all the time there. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So going to back up just a little bit. You guys are going to be sisters-in-law. Or is it sister-in-laws? Yeah. I don't, I don't, it was like sisters-in-law, law, I, yeah, I'm not quite sure how to say it, but. Future <laughs> yes. sister-in-laws, I think is how you say it. I think. Yeah. Well, someone, yeah. someone will correct us. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's awesome. So you guys are on assignment currently in New York city right now. Right. And so you guys touched on it briefly, but 
how did you guys met at your cousin's wedding? So we met, so I was um, a bridesmaid in my now fiance's, he was the best man in that wedding. So mm-hmm. we both had never met each other. And that weekend we were both in the same wedding and like, we just kind of pit it off. And then the next day, my now fiance was like, oh, do you want to come to the brewery? Like I'm going with my sister who is now Carissa, who's on the call. <laughs> and so we went to um, the brewery just like an hour down the road and we all were just like, you know, chatting and we all hit it off really well. Like that that's next so day. awesome. Like two and a half years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm, I'm very jealous. I, well, she won't be my sister-in-law for very much longer, thankfully. Um, but I, I really was, I, I'm very jealous that you guys like love and care about each other. This is, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fun being out here together for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So I love talking about everyone's backgrounds in nursing, um, what made them want to become a nurse and like what kind of path they followed through school. So would you guys like to elaborate on that at all? Yeah, definitely. So I pretty much knew, I think it was like when I was a sophomore in high school that I wanted to do nursing. Um, All the science courses really fascinated me. And then I did a CNA course like through our local community college. And I just loved the aspect of like helping people and um, like working in healthcare. So then in college, like I had planned to have my major be nursing and I just continued to fall in love with it through college. And then, yeah, now working in the field, I can't imagine doing anything else. Um, Yeah, it's definitely like the most rewarding job I could ever ask for. Well, that's awesome. What about you, Carissa? Yeah, it's kind of funny hearing Lauren's story because I feel like mine's very similar and I didn't really know what her story was. I always wanted to go into the medical field since I was little because for the same reason, science courses always were interesting to me and, Mm -hmm. you know, social studies, geography were like lame. So (laughs) (laughs) I always gravitated towards that kind of thing. And I actually did a like mentorship program in high school where I got to shadow some people in the healthcare field, like x-ray technicians and doctors and um, nurses and things like that. And that's when I decided to become a nurse and went to school for it. So I also was a CNA too in high school. So I got my CNA at a community college too, which is kind of funny. (laughs) That's That's crazy. I didn't even know that. Like we, (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's just the woman bringing more people together. It's fine. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I worked as a CNA too, but I didn't um, go through the course until I think my like sophomore year of college. And then I worked junior and senior year as a a CNA or patient care tech um, at a, Mm. on a med surge floor too. And I was like, man, if I'm this sore already and I have (laughs) just working as a CNA, I don't think med surge is for me. So (laughs) hats off to everyone else in the med surge fields. Yeah, for real. Kind of walk me through what got you guys interested in doing travel nursing? Um, so for me, like it really worked out with uh, my fiance's in the military. Mm-hmm. And like right after nursing school, um, I got a job at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, which I loved. And it was amazing. Oh, yeah. I kind of got like the skills and background I feel like I needed there to you know just kind of go on with my career from there but I Mayo's knew we were gonna great. be yeah it is it was like the best place I could ever ask for to like learn how to be mm-hmm. a nurse um but then I knew I'd be moving around quite a bit with my fiance he went to flight school right after he graduated college so I knew we'd oh. be there like just a short period of time and then move again So I'm like, okay, traveling nursing would probably be the best fit to our lifestyle just because I didn't want to keep doing the distance. And Mm -hmm. um, I knew we'd be moving around quite a bit within the first two years. So I just decided to go for it and move down there. And there was a traveling position that was actually available, like just within half an hour of where he was at. So I was like, let's go for it. And I did it. And the assignment was okay. It wasn't 
obviously it's hard to come from Mayo and compare any place to that, but was it it like more of a community type hospital? Like obviously, I mean, the Mayo network is huge. So yeah. And like, we had a ton of resources, obviously, Mm -hmm. and this place was just, you know, a lot smaller, but it was okay. It was a good first travel learning experience assignment. So I was down there for like six months. And then we moved again this past fall to Colorado and I worked on an ICU out there. Um, and I loved it. It was a great experience. And then, yeah, after that was over, it was like right in the middle of all this COVID craziness. And Chris and I were kind of talking like, how crazy would it be to go out there together? Like we're both kind of in the same position and yeah, we just decided to go for it. Wow. Chris, is that kind of how, is your, you're engaged or are you married? I'm engaged as well. Okay. Um, so is your, uh, fiance in the military too? Yeah. So he, um, I actually, after nursing school in Minnesota, I moved down to Florida, uh, to Tampa, Florida. And down there I met my now fiance. So he's in the military, he's in the air force. So back in November or October of last year, he got moved to Maryland from Florida. So we moved up to Maryland and that's when I actually started doing travel nursing just to try and figure out what kind of hospital I wanted to work in and where I would fit in the area because it's so much bigger than Tampa was. Yeah. I I think that's amazing that you guys are up there together. I think I tried a couple of, well, I did one stint as a travel nurse and I kind of had the same thing. I came from like a large teaching hospital with a bunch of resources and I ended up at a very small, limited resources, um, sort of community hospital and it's a hard transition. It's a really difficult transition. Um, and I, I was like, well, you know, we'll take another, we'll take another, um, assignment. Maybe it'll be better. Um, but it's, it's definitely difficult going down and being somewhere completely alone and not having that sort of support system. So I can only imagine what it's been like working together in the hottest of hot zones up in New York city together. I mean, I think that you guys just must be so grateful to have each other up there. Definitely. I think having each other has made it way easier. I think travel nursing is difficult for sure. (laughs) Yeah. It would have been hard to like make the decision to come out here if we didn't have each other, just because like you see in the news and media, just everything it is. So having, you know, somebody to come out here and go through it with together makes a huge difference. Yeah. I think I would have had a much better time if I could have convinced a a friend to go along with me. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Ah, mm, The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. So what kind of prep work did you guys have to do before taking this assignment in New York City? So it was all super last minute, actually. Um, Like my contract ended on a Tuesday in Colorado and me and Carissa were talking just kind of throughout the day. And we actually both signed contracts to come out here uh, the next day on the Wednesday. And we left on Sunday to start on Monday. So it was all within like five days. Holy cow. Started. Yeah. So, and like at the time that we came out here, it was like really in the thick of like they were almost to their peak out here. So it was really bad. So mm-hmm. we just kind of did um 
a day of like epic training on zoom calls um which both of us thankfully have kind of already had epic uh yeah before at our previous yeah that was we did that before we came out okay yeah just from home and then we had to do like a couple competency tests like for the hospital that we're at and just like um a physical like at our local um urgent care center and some labs drawn and that kind of thing um and then yeah it was pretty much like we just came out here within like four days after that <laughs> wow did you guys end up driving or flying out there so I ended up driving because I live in Maryland so it was oh yeah without without traffic it was only about three and a half hours Oh, and nice. then obviously Lauren, Lauren uh, flew because she's across the country. Yeah. <laughs> and like a 25 hour drive for me. So <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have been pleasant. Um, <laughs> I uh, just did an episode with Sarah Gaines and I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but she is, she has like 20 some odd travel nursing contracts under her belt and has created this whole system of just knowledge for people looking into the travel nursing industry. And I'm curious with this being such a, a hot spot, if your contracts provided different like insurance allowances, if you ended up getting sick right away, or actually more importantly, I'm thinking of this now, do they offer any sort of like debriefing after an assignment like this or, or counseling? Um, so I think like with how quickly things were moving, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they weren't able to really like think about those details at the time and yeah. to us. So as of now, not yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if like, when it comes close to our contract, if they would offer us those sort of things, because yeah, they've been super supportive, um, and That's like, good. know how much we're, you know, giving up to come out here. So I wouldn't be surprised if they would offer us some sort of supportive services down the road or like when it's closer to us leaving but they're starting to offer like quarantine pay some some companies that are out here that were more well prepared I think have guaranteed quarantine pay for when they go home we don't have that but they're starting to like implement ways for us to like be able to request it if it's necessary at the end of our contract oh that's good so they're adding things as we've gone along. Like I think when Lauren and I signed on, it was the beginning of kind of the chaos of getting nurses out here. So mm-hmm. they were just doing everything they could to like add bodies to the field. And yeah, now they're kind of adding the extras that everybody else is also getting provided. So, Well, that's good because I just, I worry so much I mean, I'm not at the bedside anymore. I am at a different sort of bedside, not hospital bedside. But I just worry with the the stress of working during this pandemic that people, that we're just going to see such a huge rise in burnout. I mean, so many nurses, like especially like new nurses are getting thrown into working in this environment. I'm just like trying to brainstorm things that we can offer, you know, to like make it, I mean, I don't know if that's therapy. I feel like people are going to have post-traumatic stress after this. Yeah. We've like both said that like being out here right now, I feel like we're just kind of in the groove because we're just so used to going to work so much Mm -hmm. like more than we're used to. And it's just kind of become like a routine and we're just kind of adjusting to the things that we're seeing every day. But like both of both of us have had, had said like when we get home, I wonder if we're gonna just be like holy cow, like everything we've been through, like I don't know, just have like a little bit of PTSD from everything. Because right now, like we have each other to mm-hmm. do things over with, and like everyone that's working with us have been amazing. Like there's so many travelers out there, so we kind of keep each other's morales high. But I don't know, like if when we leave and people that haven't been through the same thing with us, it might be, I don't know, just more traumatic, I guess, when we get back and kind of realize what we actually did, you know? Yeah. How many travelers are you guys working with right now? I feel like more than 75% of the people that we work with are travelers. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. 
their staff needed relief for sure. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine. The hospital that we're at is almost every single unit in the entire hospital has been converted into an ICU and they maybe had what, three ICUs, Lauren? Yeah, it wasn't very many. So that's how many ICU nurses they had on staff. So every other unit that was normally like maybe a med surge unit or a mm -hmm. clinic or something else had to be converted into an ICU. And all of those maybe hold like 20 to 30 patients. Yeah. So we had to find enough ICU nurses to manage all of those. So With for sure, most of us are travelers. Wow. Yeah. Were they training any of their... Um... I mean, it's not like they had time to really train any of their current, you know, med surge staff um, into the ICU nurse role, but have they, I mean, did they do any of that or so were they all just kind of fired of or laid off? I should say, I don't know. So I, they didn't train any that I've seen. Have you okay. seen any, Lauren? No, I haven't. Is what mostly they've but, been doing is like, so their med surge nurses, they've been supplementing with the um, ICU travelers that come in. So they'll help us and like give PO meds and, um, you know, kind of float around the unit and help where needed so that they can get their hours in. Because essentially the whole entire hospital is kind of an ICU right now. Which wow. is cool. Yeah, we're doing a lot of team nursing. Yeah, which is kind of neat. But. Explain that to me a little bit more. Because that's so not, like, I mean, like everyone's kind of part of the healthcare team, but like specific team nursing. So I've never, I don't know if that's the right term, but I, I like it. it was, Go with it. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like in, so like in previous times, I feel like they would have an RN and an LPN and that's mm -hmm. how you would like the LPN and the RN would have the same patients, but the LPN would have a different role than the okay. RN. Whereas like in this situation, so that all these med surge nurses could still be helpful, obviously they would, especially at the beginning, for example, mm -hmm. us as ICU nurses might have like three, four, five, six or more ICU patients. Oh which my is a God. Lot, obviously. Yeah. But then, but then there would be a med surge nurse that they would try to pair with you so that okay. the med surge nurse could worry about tube feeds and oral care and um, making sure that all of their PO meds were done and making sure that they, you know, had their Foley care and just all of those other things other than the the dangerous medications were taken care of. Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah. Yes. Did they still have CNAs and stuff on working then too? Or yes. I just feel like yeah. all hands on deck here. Yeah. So a, a lot of times the CNAs, um, I, it depends on the unit you're on, like how many you have, but mm -hmm. a lot of times the CNAs are doing like your eyes and nose, which for ICU isn't typical. Um, yeah. And then they're, they're also doing like your vital signs because most of these units are not actually ICUs. They're just makeshift ICUs. So the, the monitors and everything are like behind a door and there's no central monitoring system. So they're the person that goes around the unit and is actually able to check the vitals and put them in the computer. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. even think about that. You guys don't have, I mean, do they have any sort of like portable monitor, like at the bedside, you can at least. Right. Yeah. So that's what we're using is the portable monitors and like portable ventilators, but that's their, oh my God. that's what they get. And then you can't keep the door open because they have COVID. Yeah. The door closed, but then you can't hear the monitor. So it's, it's a whole thing. And they're on like, you know, multiple drips. So like, we're just checking in, peeping in the rooms, like every hour that we can, like making sure they're stable so we can make titrations as needed, but yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. On like six or seven patients. That's how it was. Like the first week, I'd say week and a half, almost two weeks we were here, we had um, high volume of patients, but then um, they've been bringing more travelers out and they have like a bunch of Air Force uh, nurses and doctors out here. Um, and some army nurses. So like, it's gotten better, definitely. But the oh, first wow. weeks, we kind of experienced that crazy chaos. So I can't imagine. I mean, like coming from a NICU setting and I can't imagine having like a, our normal one-to-ones be paired, be paired at all. Um, gosh, that's, that's an incredible 
amount of stress that you guys have have been working through so I'd shocking the first week for sure like I don't know you just have to kind of like let go of like your normal routine and Mm -hmm. like just like how you usually are as a nurse and just like kind of focus on like just keeping the drips up and just like trying to you know get through the day and you know keep your patient as stable as they can so that was kind of hard the first couple weeks realizing that can you walk me through like a typical shift with six or seven patients? Like, how do you, I feel like it would take me a minute to, to figure out a groove, but I wouldn't even know where to start, especially with uh, team nursing too. And, and delegating and being like, okay, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. But. So like, like Lauren said at the beginning, like the first week or two, it was that bad. Now it's better. We're having like two patients, which is normal. So thank goodness for that. Good, um, good. They're still very sick, but at least we're, it's manageable. We can actually try and critically think our way through the patient's care. Yeah. Um, but at the, at the beginning, like our first week when we were having, you know, anywhere from like five to my first day or second day, I had nine ICU patients. You're it's, kidding me. No. <laughs> That's not um, okay. That's not I, know. I mean, oh my god. It makes it makes me sad for before we showed up. Like how Well, I just think how about bad the patient before we got there. Yeah. yeah. Being scared in an ICU environment as a patient and then like mm-hmm. you, I I that would that just hurts me as a nurse not being able yeah. to like spend that like extra, you know, time with them. Wow. Absolutely. That was like the hardest adjustment, I think. So that first week when we would have that range of number of patients, Mm -hmm. we would, we came in and there was, I mean, it was complete chaos from the beginning because they were obviously so short staffed to begin with. They had way too many patients. Well, there was nowhere for the patients to go. So they had to find space for them. We were on units that weren't really ICUs. Um, some units weren't even inpatient units to begin with. So they're just like developing it as they could go. And then it was hard to keep track of staff because you had new agency staff coming in every day. And no matter how many people came in, there wasn't enough staff. Yeah. So we'd come in and we were, everybody was doing their best, but I would say for the first like two weeks, I mean, I never got report. We never gave report. We never got report because it took so long for nurses to. You can't give report on patients. No, you can't. And then you, I mean, we were there till almost nine o'clock PM the first like week or two. And we still couldn't, there was not a nurse that was like assigned to our patients. Oh my God. Uh, So that would be the beginning of our shift. And then me personally, after figuring out that I couldn't or didn't have time to be able to care about like everything that was going on with my patients, like I'm used to, Mm -hmm. I would do my best to look up what drips they were on and then actually just look at them and like write down what drips they were on, what's running out, go grab new ones, scan them if I had a computer, hang them, and then do it all over again. And that was my 12 hours. Like there was not time for much any like anything else. Wow. How do you even hand off patients in that? I mean, like the the idea of not being able to give report or even give like something, it's I, wow. Yeah. It's, it, it's exactly like, that. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very, it's very much nothing that we've ever done before or could ever imagine doing. Now, maybe you can't speak to this, but I wonder, I mean, God forbid anything ever got missed, you know, which would be totally, I, I could totally see happening, you know, with that mm-hmm. amount of patience and not being able to do, you know, a proper handoff. Um, but what do you guys know, like, is your license like insured during a pandemic like this that like, you know, if something, you know, happened that your license would still be okay. I mean, like, this is just such an unheard of time. I just feel like people would be like, my license isn't safe. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. So actually like any normal traveling assignment, we'd have to, you know, have our uh, tra- for a state license for that specific state before we started, unless it was a compact state, which mm-hmm. New York is not. So we weren't even required to have our New York state license, which they just changed that. We now have to have it by, is it May 16th, Carissa? 
I think so, somewhere around there. Yeah. So if you're staying beyond that, you have to apply for it at least. Um, okay. So we don't have New York state licenses. We just had to submit like whatever state we were working in, like that we had a license there. Mm-hmm. And then they also lifted like any um, lawsuits that people could make um, against nurses during this time, just because of how crazy it is and being unable to, you know, I don't want to say like provide the best care, but just because. Well, you're doing the best with what you have. Yeah, exactly. They protect us in that way. Okay. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard from a couple people or a couple doctors that I've asked about it, that we are like protected except for like gross negligence essentially, right, right. Um, which, which is still difficult because I feel like, I mean, it's not gross negligence. It's just like, it's definitely negligence. It's just not, we can't do anything else. Like we're, we're doing the best we can, you know, it would normally be mm-hmm. considered negligence. It just isn't at this time. Yeah. It's just, especially with how it was at the beginning. I was just like trying to trust the fact that I would have, I'm like good Samaritan law. I'm doing everything that I possibly can <laughs> to help. Yeah. It's a hard part for the nurse and us. Cause obviously we all want to give so much, but we weren't mm-hmm. able to. So yeah, it's just hard. <laughs> well, I, I take it the environment has been very accepting of travelers since it's at least 70% travel nurses. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because that can, that can sometimes be difficult. Um, some units you go on and they're like, oh my God, thank God for you. We appreciate the help so much. And other people are like feeling like they don't, they just don't trust you, <laughs> you know, because yeah, they haven't absolutely. worked with you. <laughs> yeah. No, the environment has been actually amazing because, I mean, we have, we honestly don't work with very many staff nurses just because of there being so many ICUs, but yeah. the environment is amazing every staff nurse that I've met were like you immediately have a bond well yeah you You I mean you guys Mm -hmm. are at war basically right now yeah they definitely like it's interesting to like hearing their stories like before we came out here and just how crazy it was so the fact that we're here and able to provide them like some sort of relief they're just you know happy to have us here so good and all the travelers are amazing too it's like interesting hearing about you know where everybody's from and their story and why they wanted to come out here so yeah it's been cool meeting people from all over the place that's amazing do they have you guys all housed housed together I feel like it would just be like a big nursing hostel of (laughs) (laughs) that'd be cool so like some there's like a agency out here I don't know if you've heard of crucial staffing it's like kind of been in the the news and media a lot but they do like 21 day contracts Oh, okay. So they have um, hotels provided for them and like they all like ride the same bus t- uh, to and from work every day. But our um, agency, they like give us recommendations of hotels to stay in in the area. Mm-hmm. And then actually we just found out about New York City was providing um, free hotels for healthcare providers during this time. So Chris oh, and I, wow. we had just moved um, to a hotel uh, that the city provided for us, which was nice. Well, so, yeah, you can save on the, the housing stipend too. Yeah. And there's like quite a few, like in our area, just different traveling nurses that are within like a couple blocks of us. So that's nice too. That's cool. I mean, it's not like anyone can go out for like a drink or anything, but at least right. no, exactly. <laughs> having that camaraderie. Yeah. How would you say working in this environment has affected you mentally and and physically I feel like like physically this is like the most I've ever worked in my entire career um like I was usually like I'd only usually work like three to four days a week like for if they absolutely needed me to come in and mm-hmm. now we're working like four to five days a week so that's been different but you almost just like get in a groove and it just feels normal to go to work because you want to come back and help and you know how desperately they need you so you just kind of get in a mindset of you know this is what my day is going to be and this is what I'm here for and you know this is why I came here so you want to help 
And definitely people like Carissa was saying earlier, like you just kind of form a bond with all the people that you're working with and like just knowing they're there too every day and you're going to get through it together helps coming back from day to day. So, but it's hard. It's, it's definitely, you know, emotionally draining and the days off are definitely needed to just kind of relax and recuperate and sleep. Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Naps are needed. (laughs) Oh yeah. Would you say that's pretty much the same for you too, Carissa? Yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, being here with somebody makes a huge difference with coping. Um, Just having somebody next to you that knows what you're going through without having to talk about all the details Mm -hmm. is nice. And then like Lauren said, all of the travel nurses that we've met, whether I've worked with them for one shift or maybe the whole month I've been here, it's like you are immediately like best friends. Like you just wish that you could hang out after work, even though we can't because we have to work tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, there's like, there's like this bond that you're just like so thankful when you see their face on the floor that you get floated to the next day. And it, um, it makes it, it makes it easier that you guys are all going through the same thing. So. So you guys aren't on like one specific unit then because you guys are, I mean, the hospital is just all one floor. You're just like assigned to different floors essentially yeah like sometimes you'll have a couple of days like if like at like we'll go back to the same floor a couple of days in a row from time to time but it seems like mostly we're kind of like spread throughout so okay so there's not really any sort of like patient continuity of care or anything like that that they're able to maintain right now I feel like that would just be too much like I don't as a charge nurse I I think it, making assignments or divvying people up would just be really confusing <laughs> during this time. It, it is. It definitely is. I think they have tried to, you know, as time has gone on to keep people on the same units that they've been on recently so that they can keep the continuity of care. Mm-hmm. But there's so many travel nurses and there's not enough charge nurses. Like there's, yeah, we have more floors than there were before. And we have, you know, the, the staff nurses are the ones that are the ones that are trying to be charged and not Mm -hmm. all of them were in ICU before and there's more floors than there were charged. It's just, it's very chaotic and difficult to accomplish. So they just try their best to like make it evenly staffed. Yeah. Yeah. Totally understandable. It's like there's certain things just kind of go out the window, you know, during a crisis situation. Exactly. Stuff that you would never think would go out the window. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, where do you keep your drinks? Are you allowed to have a drink? Oh, heck no. <laughs> well, you don't you don't even want to have it out there. No. You don't no. take your mask off, so. No. Chris and I were like just saying the other day, like we had coffee before work. We were like sitting like in our car just drinking coffee. And we're like, we miss the days that we could just like bring our coffee into work and like sit at our computer desk like in the mornings and just like, you know, look over the patient's chart, like make a plan for the day, like write stuff down. Yeah. No, that's, I don't even remember what that's like anymore. That seems like years ago. (laughs) Yeah. I'm such a planner. I don't, I mean, I obviously like I could do it, but it would, it would really throw me off my game, not being able to sit down and be like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. You guys are. It's definitely (sighs) an adjustment. (laughs) Yeah. I think we're, I think we're all OCD or we were we, yeah. yeah, that's the that's the biggest thing for me. Like my patients need to look a certain way, my tubing needs to be going a certain way, my drips need to all be exactly. okay. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh, that was the hard. Like I keep, I feel like we keep saying this. That was the hardest part of the first week, just like realizing that we weren't going to be able to do any of that. Like I don't know, it was just crazy. <laughs> yeah, the extra little going the extra mile even though I don't think any of your patients would be like, you're not going the extra mile for me right now. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, have you guys had a shortage of PPE at all? Or do you guys have enough? Like, what are you guys doing on that front? So at the beginning, when we first got there, they had told us that our N95 mask would have to last us five days. Okay. Um, that, that changed. And now we're getting one per shift, I think, if we need it. Yeah. Is that right, Lauren? Yeah. 
Chris and I, like, luckily we have gas masks that we wear. I don't know if you they're like, they're like, those I did. I creeped, mm-hmm. I creeped on y'all's Instagram and I was like, okay, I see. Yeah. You. <laughs> you look like pull out like firefighters. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's how you stay safe. Yeah, it definitely feels, we feel much better since having our gas masks. Like, I don't know, there's a tight seal and it's yeah. pretty, like, I mean, it's a little heavy, but it's comfortable to wear throughout the day. So it's, I feel personally like it's better than the N95. I think Carissa does too. Mm-hmm. Are they military grade? Did your future husband send you off with those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They helped us in that. So that's awesome. So other than the masks, we wear like the footies. Um, mm-hmm. They give us paper scrubs when we get to work. So Lauren and I both change like completely out of our regular clothes and put on the paper scrubs. And then on top of that, we wear like a surgical gown, which are just like those big paper full coverage gowns. Um, yeah. And that's what we wear. We wear like, we wear that all day long. And if we go into a patient's room, we put on like those, either the, the blue plastic gowns or like the yellow isolation gowns that you would normally see in the hospital. Mm-hmm. We put those on, on top of all of that with the gloves to go into the room. And then obviously all day we're wearing like the hairnet and yeah. um the mask and goggles do they they have like a a room obviously like a locker room that you guys can get changed in or like shower down in right away afterwards I mean I can't imagine there's no no what <laughs> you're, you're on some, some of like the original ICUs yes but most no you just kind of have to find whatever you can and they're find. they're kind of like just break rooms like they're not really like some of the the rooms are like we you could call them locker rooms because they have lockers but it's not mm-hmm. like a locker room it's like everybody that works on that unit that day uses that room to put their lunch somewhere because there's not usually a refrigerator and then like we all just change in there hoping that nobody's watching you and then you could do it at the end of the day too and then you go home and then just strip your clothes off and shower right away this wow. is not like showers at the hospital and Chris and I ride the subway too, which has been quite an experience for us, you know, small Midwestern city girls. So yeah, <laughs> that's kind of gross. And we like pretty much like right when we get to the hotel, we just like make a dash for the shower because we just feel gross. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, you're in a enclosed tube going under ground. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't doubt that they've like sprayed those all down with bleach or something. But yeah. thankfully, I guess my fiance just sent an article to us. They're like, um, starting, I don't know, I think it's like May 4th or something. They're going to like start cleaning the subway system, which is definitely needed. So maybe oh, of a difference then, but yeah, right now it's pretty eye opening to both of us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys are going to carry this experience with you forever. What has, what has helped you both keep going? Like, do you have any self-care rituals that you practice or try and make time for? So, um, we've been doing, so like every, like the first week we got here, we decided to start, um, journaling. Like every day when we came home from work, we just kind of like would jot our experiences for the day down so we could remember how we felt, you know, day to day as time goes on. And then yeah. we also started um, a YouTube channel. So yes, um, yeah. So you guys will tell you about that at the end here. But like, we wanted to just like kind of keep our family and friends informed because so many of them would have questions for us day to day. And so we just kind of like talked about our experiences on there so people could kind of follow our journey. And then, yeah, we like to do like face masks. <laughs> off, lots of wine um, yes we're close to central park now we're like really close to it so we just like to kind of walk over there and decompress on our days off but that's good is the park the park's probably pretty quiet or is it like people are like oh it's outside we can go here <laughs> it seems busy to me but I've never been to New York so I can only imagine how much busier it is like there's a lot of people, but it's easy to stay six feet from them. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that like it's not like you're running feet. into people. Yeah. It's not like you're yeah. running into people, but um, it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it is. What's the energy like in the city right now? Are people kind of all in that 
that we're all in this together, even like just civilians? It's really eerie. So like, I mean, I, Chris and I both have never been to New York before this, but like mm-hmm. obviously, so the other night, for example, we got off the subway and we had some time. We're like, oh, we should walk down to Times Square. We're like pretty close to that area. So we walked down there and there was like, maybe what Chris, like two other people. Um, yeah, not very many. Yeah. And like, that's just kind of how it is everywhere. Like when we're walking the streets, there's not many people out, but it's super cool because um, when we are out and about, like we've had like random people, like if we're out in our scrubs, like just going to get lunch or something on lunch break, like people will be like, thank you so much for everything you're doing. And, you know, just, you know, you can tell they're grateful. So that's been really cool. Wow. And then they also do um, at seven o'clock each day, um, everybody goes out onto their balconies if they live in an apartment or condo or whatever, and they'll start like, you know, cheering and cowbells and bells and whistles and whatever they have, just like an appreciation for healthcare workers, which has been super cool to listen to on our days off because we don't get to hear it, obviously, when we're at work, so we're right in shift exchange, but that's been pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. What would you guys say has been the best part of this assignment? That's a, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. I just, I like to try and find a little bit of good in, yeah. in the yeah. dark. So, I mean, I feel like for me, it's been amazing that I guess I was afraid that it was going to be a lot worse in terms of working than it is. And it's not like it's not bad in terms of like how we're working compared to normal but it's so fulfilling it's so much you know everything that we want as a nurse to feel needed in Mm -hmm. the community and in the hospital and like the stuff that we've seen over the last month is that I mean we just like I almost don't want to leave like I I'm, I'm homesick but I'm so glad to be here at the same time because I know that I'm making a difference in a community that really needs it yeah yeah we both like have talked about that. Like, it's weird. Like we're homesick. Like we miss our dogs. We both have golden noodles, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but like being here, like, I don't know. We are both super iffy about coming out just because, you know, we heard everything in the media, mm-hmm. but like being here, we're so happy that we're able to be here and helping. And just like the bonds that we formed with just different people that we've met, um, you know, it makes it worth it. And we're happy to be here and kind of doing our part. So it's, I don't know, it's like a constant, like we want to go home, but we're also like so happy to be here and, you know. Yeah, feeling really fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah, actually this week would have been our last week here if we wouldn't have extended our contracts. And I would be really sad actually to be leaving. Yeah. I just feel like I haven't, I haven't seen it through yet. (laughs) Yeah. When do you think you'll feel like you will though? Because I feel like this is going to, this is going to carry on for a while. That's a good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard because, well, yesterday, um, for example, yesterday was our favorite day that we've worked here yet. That's so amazing. Far. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yes, yesterday, um, there was a floor. I posted a little bit about it on my Instagram, but there was a floor that I was assigned to my whole first week that same floor I was talking about earlier that I was assigned um, mm-hmm. seven to nine patients or six to nine patients on. Yeah. Um, they had opened that floor up like right before we got here. It was not even an inpatient unit beforehand. And yesterday, like in the afternoon, and it was cool because Lauren and I got, actually got assigned to the same floor, which has happened. That was only the second time this whole month we've been here. We've been on the same floor. Oh my and goodness. We were, yeah. we were, we were both on it. We were working with a ton of amazing people that we, you know, got along with and we're having a good time with. And they, in an afternoon told us, we found out we have enough beds elsewhere in the hospital to be able to empty this unit out so we can close it down. And that's really cool because oh when we first gosh. got there, it was like, this is a brand new unit. And so we got to like empty almost, you know, the whole unit out by the end of the day. And it was, I don't know, it was just like very chilling and fulfilling that in that whole month that we were there, it was like, we've done something. Yeah, it totally came like, full circle. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like the first unit in the whole entire hospital to actually be able to close like that. So that was pretty neat. Wow, 
That's incredible. I also saw you guys post about um, what the hospital does every time someone extubates. Can you guys just share that story? Because I think it's so cool. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. So they do, well, at first they were doing um, like clapping and cheering every mm-hmm. time a patient is extubated, um, which is for anyone that's listening that's not in healthcare, that's where they remove their breathing tube. So they were doing that over the intercom to begin with. But just this last week, they started doing like uplifting songs. So like, I think the first time they did um, New York and all of us were like, what the heck, like what's going on? And then they're like, oh yeah, like we're doing like an uplifting song now, like every time like a patient is excavated. So they've had like really fun, like, you know, just music that everybody knows that makes it kind of cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Then that's just like, that's, that's like an added morale boost all throughout the hospital. Like, I feel like that would, like, if I was having a really crappy day there and I heard that, I'd be like, you know what? Fuck yeah. Let's keep going. We got this. (laughs) It definitely is. It's like when the the first day that the music changed, it was, gosh, what is this song called, Lauren? It's like, let's hear it for New York, New York. I I don't want to sing because my voice is bad, but. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're fine. I know what one you're talking about. (laughs) But it was so cool because we heard it and we're like, everybody kind of like stops and is like kind of like dancing a little bit. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's a very good, like you said, morale boost. It reminds you of why you're here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Some of the units, too, like, I've been to a couple of units that they'll, like, have on the doors when you're walking in, um, like, a count of, like, how many patients that they've extubated in total on that unit, like, since... Oh, really? Like, yeah, or, like, how many patients they've sent home, which that number is fewer, but that's that's kind of cool, too, to see, so... Yeah, that would, that would feel really good. It's, it's like, it, it's a, you know, it's, it's a check in the win column. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit more about this YouTube channel that you guys have started because I think it's an incredible idea because so many people have questions about what it's actually like working in this environment right now. And I think you guys are just totally onto something here. And I can see how it would be like a, a great way to decompress, you know, and like to speak on your shift. Let's talk about that a little bit more. So our YouTube channel, it's called, um, if you look it up, it's called COVID-19 Nursing. And um, our names are Lauren Rush and Carissa Quednow. And we just have like a couple of videos just kind of like informing everybody like Carissa had posted on her Instagram account, just like if anybody has questions for us, like, you know, drop them here and we'll answer them on our channel. But like one of the episodes is like just kind of answering some of those questions. Another one is like just kind of like summarizing our first two weeks there. And then we were actually just talking like before this, like we're going to try to do more, like a couple like short videos a week, just like kind of addressing that, uh, the questions that people have been sending us on Instagram. Yeah, kind of about what we're experiencing and what it's like out here. Um, So that's like kind of our goal over this next week is just to do more videos, but like shorter um, duration, just kind of answering some of those questions for people. That's awesome. I mean, I think you guys are onto something, especially with the whole like sister aspect here. I think you (laughs) should just keep going with it. I mean, I don't know how easy it would be to continue to take, you know, travel assignments together, but That'd be so fun. Like, this has been fun, like, being together. It is. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah. Yes, like, the amount of times, too, like, in a day, like, when we were both on the unit together yesterday, the amount of times people were like, okay, are you Lauren or Carissa? Because we both have the same masks, and we oh. resemble <laughs> each other behind masks. Like, we both have, like, brunette hair, and we're both, like, about the same height. And, yeah. Like, so people are, like, so confused of who is who. Like, Carissa actually... Um, wrote on tape like this is not Carissa and like put it on the back of my my (laughs) (laughs) I love that that's amazing yeah I know you've you've probably seen and heard about like the different protests and stuff going on and how people think COVID is made up and people are doctoring or um, not doctoring but are um, writing down that you know patient died of 
COVID just to like increase numbers. And I'm curious what you guys would have to say to that thinking COVID is made up. Well, it's definitely not made up. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Um, I don't really know about the, the like death certificate thing, you know, like labeling how they die because I don't ever see those. Oh yeah. It's definitely, it's, it's definitely real. Like every single patient that we take care of is COVID positive and every single one of them is super, super sick. Yeah. One of my friends is pretty sick with it right now too. Um, she's really, well, she's getting better. She was hospitalized twice, but she just is one of those. She's very stubborn and, and, you know, didn't want to stay, but now she has pleuritis and pericarditis from it. Oh no. Yeah. She's 27. You know, she's just like, um, She's like, I don't know what to do right now. My heart hurts. My chest hurts all the time. And she's working with some cardiologists and stuff right now. But she's just like, I just want to feel normal again. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm so sorry about that. I hope that she gets all the support she needs. Yeah. 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 She has been, thankfully. Yeah, so. that's good. We're, I feel like the the biggest issue with this area is that it all happened so fast and it's so dense in population Mm -hmm. that like Lauren and I said the other day that the hardest part for us is to know, did these, would these patients have died had they not have lived here when they got it? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, think about, you know, this whole hospital that we're in, there's three ICUs and now there's what, like more than 10 (laughs) and like, how do you just make 10 ICUs out of, I like locations that aren't ICUs right so like how you know it's difficult to manage and it happened really fast so I would like to think that more people would you know survive if they were able to get the care that they needed when it happened Mm -hmm. I think that it all happened so fast that we had had to catch up yeah yeah which caused more people to get sicker and like both of us too like we both came from areas well I know like Chris's um where she was from like it's definitely spreading more quickly than Colorado where I'm from so like I think we had like four maybe positive COVID cases in our ICU and so you know it was like kind of normal staffing and like census and everything else there so we were able to like do everything and they were able to recover whereas obviously it's very different here when you know everybody is sick and that sort of thing so yeah the demographic makes a difference oh for sure for sure this is just this has been so insightful and I'm I'm so grateful for you guys for taking time off on your day off to to speak with me today what's next for you guys are you going to extend your contracts you think you'll stay out there longer or ready to get back to your men (laughs) (laughs) We actually both extended, uh, Chris extended a lot longer than me. I just did two weeks extra. Gotcha. And I'll be here until uh, June 28th. So two more Holy months. Holy cow. Yeah. My <laughs> my heart and uh, proverbial hat is, is tipped off to both of you. This is incredible. I'm very grateful for your, for your hearts, for for tackling this and do you, do you guys have any last little bits of insight or things that you want to share? I just, I feel like no matter where you're working right now as a nurse, like you are awesome and badass because like, it's so uncertain right now, just how everything is. And like, I don't know, even if you're obviously you're not in New York, um, you don't know if it's going to be like how it is here, there, mm-hmm. And so just like the uncertainty of dealing with how things are, every nurse is awesome and yes. doing their part to help with all of this. So I think everybody just needs to continue to support each other and boost each other up and, you know, we'll all get through this together for sure. Hell yeah. The nursing tribe is strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you? like Instagram or YouTube, like say it all again. My Instagram is uh, Carissa Quednow, which is C-O-R-I-S-S-A-Q-U-E-D-N-O-W. And Lauren? 
Mine is at Lauren Rush at L-A-U-R-E-N-R-U-S-C-H. And then, like we said earlier, the YouTube channel is COVID-19 Nursing. It just needs to be searched under channels and not videos, and then you'll be able to find it. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to link everything. I know a lot of people are going to want to follow along and and continue along with your stories here in, in New York City. So again, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Very, very grateful and very humbled by your service. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, of course. We'll have to have you back on later with for a for an update session. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I hope you have a great night, great rest of your day off. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can meet in real life at some point. <laughs> that would be awesome. I love hearing your stories and getting glimpses into people's lives. This podcast is so special to me, and I'm constantly grateful and humbled by my guests taking the time to speak with me and enlighten others. This is your space. Thank you again to Lauren Rush and Carissa Quedno for taking the time to speak with me. You two are amazing. Please continue to stay safe and healthy up in New York. Once again, you can follow along with their journey on their YouTube channel, COVID-19 Nursing. You can follow Lauren at Lauren-Rush, R-U-S-C-H, and Carissa at C-O-R-I-S-S-A-Q-U-E-D-N-O-W on Instagram. Thanks again, guys. Till next week, WOMED out.